everyone. It's Chris Calvert from Career Goals, and this is your fast track on a private banking career with my guest today, Sarah Miller. So let me tell you what's so interesting about private banking. So Sarah has a wealth of experience, obviously, in banking. And every industry, as you well know, has this insider information. So Sarah's a private banker. I got to talk to her. I will give you all the information about what it is to be a private banker. But first, let me give you a couple of public service announcements. Because if you are a banker, this is the kind of stuff that you get to have knowledge about that the rest of us might be completely clueless. So listen to what Sarah is going to give you a tip. I don't care if you're ever going to be a banker. If you're going to be a consumer and doing any kind of banking, you need to know this. Listen to her talking about wire fraud. So my lesson is, people with the wires, is whoever you're working with to do it, confirm on both ends. Always call the number that you know is what you've been working with or what's on the internet. Don't use a number that's on the wire information. Um, And just be very careful. And if you're working with someone through email, always use secured emails. And if they don't offer a secured email, then fax it or deliver it by mail. Like We got into all this information that, again, she would have as a private banker. And the other thing is, if you're selling a house, I, I, mean, I didn't even think of this because I'm not a criminal, but uh, think, listen to what she has to say about the caution that you need to take if you're selling a house. And anybody who's selling a house out there, if you don't know this already, there is a big, big, big movement where they know you're selling a house, they get into your email, and when it comes time to closing, they hijack the real closing documents and put in their information. They put in their information in the wiring instructions. So you get this email, you think it's your final closing doc. And in fact, it's their final closing documents with their information and their wiring instructions. So this is cool because this is, I'm giving this to you just as a little PSA on our little fast track here. But that is also the kinds of information and the sensitivities of the information that you're going to have as an insider if you choose a career in banking. So what are the opportunities in banking? Here's a look at Sarah, I, you know, obviously as a private banker, and we'll get into what that is specifically, but listen to her talking about how many opportunities there are in a big banking institution. So much community marketing, corporate institutional banking, retail banking. I mean, there's so much. It's not, it's a, it's a real business. It's not just banking. There's, you know, we have to operate too. So there's behind this, behind the scenes, back office work. There's so much management, you know, there's just so much that goes within the bank regulations. Oh my God. If your person is like, loves to read and and make an audit, that's a whole job in itself. So yeah, there's a lot more to the bank than just those branches with people I don't think understand. I didn't understand. And I think that's important to look at because we go to the bank and we see the teller. If you're just a you know person like I am, you go to the bank and you see the teller, you kind of don't realize that there's an entire, you know, matrix behind that person that is operating everything that gets done, even from like technical people, computer people, the ATM operators, you know, the, the security people, et cetera, et cetera. So again, this is an example of an industry where getting in and then letting it unfold in front of you as a career would be advisable. I mean, there's just a lot, a lot of different jobs that you can do in here. So what does Sarah do? Where does she fit in? Sarah's a private banker. So listen to her giving you an idea of what that is and how she fits in in her function within the bank. So how we work is we have a full team. So we have something called a client advisor. Now they're the person who's going out into the banks, into the branches, into networking events, meeting people and trying to get them onboarded with our financial institution. 
once that happens and we onboard a client, so they're going to be scrubbing for that $1 million or more or the net worth. Once we get them over, then we have a relationship manager. The relationship manager is the liaison between the client and the team. And then under the relationship manager, you have all the basic functions of financial planning. So you have a financial planner who's going to take charge of retirement, estate, legacy. You're going to have a fiduciary advisor who's going to be in charge of all your trusts. You're going to have an investment advisor, self-explanatory. And then you're going to have me, which is a private banker who uh, basically operates as a you know, branch. So that gives you an idea. And that team, I think, what were there, six different jobs. And those are all seasoned people, people who have, you know, come in and then worked their way up a little bit over a few, you know, two, three, five plus years um, in the bank. So if you're a lawyer, you could be in that fiduciary aspect. If you're a finance person, you could be an investment advisor or a financial advisor. So just keep in mind as we're talking about this conversation, I'm going to focus in on Sarah's role as a private banker, because what is really instrumental for her is the customer service aspect and her people skills. But we will be, you know, working around all of these various jobs as we're talking about banking. So what is the trajectory for someone like Sarah as a private banker, then where would she think of going next with her career? How does her career look? Keep in mind, these are the types of jobs we're talking about that you can support a family on. These are career jobs. These aren't you can you could do it for a year or two and get some experience, but you can definitely build your life around this too. Listen to her talking about trajectory. So for me personally, I I aspire to be the relationship manager. That's where I'm going. And because my favorite part of this job is not the finances, it's the people and helping people and being with them. And and that's my favorite part. So that's what I aspire to be. And that's what I'm doing. And And I think that shows a lot and with my clients. So they will reach out to me and say, can you help me with my investment? Can you help me with my trust? Can you give me a disbursement for my trust? And even though that's not my function and that's not what I specifically do, I, you know, talk to the fiduciary advisor or whatever function it is and I get it to them. And I kind of act as that quarterback relationship manager. Okay. So Sarah is a real people person. That is how she identifies herself. And it's really her first love. So listen to what she has to say about the teller function, because I, again, think so many of us look at the tellers as that's what a bank is, or that's what your parents would tell you to do if you were going to go get a job at the bank. I could you know, see them saying, like, just go get a job. And you would go get a job as a teller, because that's all you see. Listen to what she says about the teller function. But what people don't know is they are the forefront for fraud. And they oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Every check and every per- – like, you know, they have so – they're friendly and they're having a conversation. But what they're doing behind the scenes is so much more. I mean, they are making sure you're, you are who you are. Your signature you matches. You are who you are. Yeah. You are matches. actually on this account. And where did this check come from? Are you – because some people – sometimes people will – deposit fraud checks and they don't even know it. They think it's a real check. So they do so much. So we've had that in our business. Yeah. Yeah. So I just want to tell people, you know, those tellers have it really hard and they do not make very much. So when you, when they're asking you questions and you're kind of annoyed and you think, why are you asking me about my personal business? They're only doing it to protect you. And honestly, they'll get fired if they don't do it. So just be a little kinder to them. 
and know that um, that's a hard job. I would not be where I am now if that's where I started. Right. So that's very telling. I would not be where I am now if that's where I started. Meaning if that were my function with her as just, I mean, an, an insatiable people person, like she couldn't, you know, do that job and then kind of see an avenue out of that. So again, just be clear, if you go in and you are a teller and you're not loving that, that might just be a mismatch. It might not be that you have to get out of the bank. And same, if you end up in these customer service places and it's not where you're tended to be, you might really excel as a teller. So again, for Sarah, what I want to bring home for those of you who are people, 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 that you just love people and you think finance, why, why would I do finance or I don't see the connection to finance. Listen to Sarah talking about how she connects the dots in her job being a people person working in finance. Uh, I think that's the best part for me is, is working on the relationship and, and meeting people and hearing their stories and helping them. That's, that's the best part. Right. So you know, she gets to do that as a, as a financier, but then she also has all the knowledge base in the back end about, you know, how these operations work, what people might need if they need a financial advisor, et cetera. She kind of facilitates a lot of things. If people lose their credit card, she's their person. If they need to open a new account, she's their person and on and on. So where does that come from? Who is a person like Sarah? How does she end up in, you know, finance and in banking and who is she really so if you're identifying yourself as a people person this might resonate with you listen to her talking about loving people you know i i i did ballet i did horseback riding i did soccer i did camps art camps real camps sleepaway camps horseback riding camps um i started in a private school and then i went to a public school and i uh, private school, elementary, public school, and middle school. And I just, I've, I've always been around people and I love getting to know people. And uh, I've been in camps where, or schools where I'm the only person I know and I have to make friends. And it's just, I enjoy it. I love people. I love meeting people and hearing their stories. And I've just always been that person. And I laugh, you be at, I laugh because you say, uh, are you the person that includes everybody? Yes. At lunchtime to this day, I'm like, who wants to come to lunch? And I invite all these people and they might not be the people that are there and might not all interact the same way. And they kind of are like, well, I thought we were having lunch. And it's like, the more the merrier. And so either I think it's kind of funny, either you are this person, if you're not, you know, these people. So there are people like this out there. And there are really good opportunities in a lot of industries and finance and banking being one of them. So extending from that, listen to what she talks about in terms of her responsibilities at work, and how being a people person really helps her because her responsibilities are pretty extensive. I have 150. No, I'm sorry, 200 relationships. So that means, you know, one relationship could be one person or it could be a mom, a dad, a grandparent, all the aunts and uncles and all the siblings. So it relationship could be very small or very large, but I have 200 relationships. Okay. And then if you have that many responsibilities, you're responsible, responsible for that many people. What does that look like on a day to day? Listen to her talking about that. I'm on call all the time. I give my my clients, my cell phone number, I'm always checking my email. And, and I think so I'm, I'm always available to my clients. I'm all over the place. But because of technology, I am always available email, cell phone, Skype for business. So I am all I'm always available to anybody when they should ever need me. 
Okay, so if that's your work environment, and you're that available to your many, many clients, imagine you might get, you know, 15 emails in an hour, and each one of those emails is something that has to be done within the hour, or people don't realize that you have other clients, you know, when you're a client, you just think you're the only one, which is funny actually, but that's really how it goes for someone in this customer service role. So what is that? What's the kind of the end result of that? Listen to her talking about the environment and how that impacts her. And then just personally, finance is a very stressful industry. I mean, my, I was checking my emails while I was at the doctor. She came in and gave my blood pressure. They were like, your blood pressure is through the roof. Now that being said, I work out religiously. I eat super healthy. Like it's not my normal blood pressure blood pressure it's this job it's stressful it's demanding it's everything needs done yesterday so just for those of you who are people people I think there are people who are um I don't want to say tougher but you know kind of have like a thicker skin and then there are people who are more sensitive and so all if you're a people person all of these things can work for you um, and then just finding the right fit environmentally with that so Sarah has a really interesting background I didn't even know this when we started talking but you think oh well she must have you know gone to college and you know had a math degree or a finance degree or even a marketing degree something like that nope here's the surprise uh, from Sarah of where she comes from educationally. I can draw and I can paint and I can sculpt and I can do photography. So I, I was a um, studio art major and I had a minor in art education. So I was more on the, the in art history. So I was really on the art side in that aspect. So this is a familiar story that we're getting out of so many of these episodes. So Sarah didn't really know what she was going to do in college and she just ended up majoring in art because she loved it and was good at it, but really didn't have an an avenue for what she was going to do with that. She ended up, you know, going into art education for a little while and then transitioned into retail experience because again, she loves people. It's so evident. So you keep finding your, finding your true North here. So listen to her experience in retail, which is something for a people person is I think a really good foundation to kind of figure out what you love and what you really excel in. I got a, a job at this boutique in Denver and it was, I was, I guess when I say lucky enough because I got to be the stylist and I got to be the buyer and I oh, got yeah. to really take on um, the merchandising and it just, I kind of got, even though it was me and the owner, I got to really understand how to run a boutique and re- from inside out. So it, I guess lucky enough because I wasn't just folding things and running the register like you would at Gap Kids or Forever 21. I was really involved with this boutique. I was involved in what we, what merchandise we got in and how we put it out there and working with clients and calling clients to bring them into the store. So I really got a, a better understanding of how that worked. And I felt more involved and I felt more valued than if I was just at something at the mall, I would, you know. Right. And we talked about this too. I don't want um, anyone to get the impression like we, we thought, you know, she was saying forever 21 and gap. I mean, these are great retailers. And again, those are experiences that you might have at the register thinking, Oh, I hate retail, but 
that's maybe because you haven't scratched the surface of retail. So just keep finding yourself and then keep being true to yourself, which is what Sarah continues to do throughout her story, which leads us to what is the common element in all of these jobs? Because now she works in essentially retail banking. So it's retail again. Um, So what are the common elements? And here she is talking about that. And when I started doing that, I was like, this is what I want to do. This is what I want to do for my life. I love this. This is amazing. Um, You know, I think we talked about this in the suite at the Pens game. But I mean, some people might say it's shallow. But when you put an outfit on somebody that looks good, fits right, and they just feel, you see them smile and you know they feel amazing and they give them that confidence, there's just no better feeling in the whole world. So I'm thinking, this is what I want to do. This is where I want to be. But as time and time went on and Nordstrom's came around and the internet came around, I learned that it is hard. You really have to have something special to stay in business. So that's a good example of how the market changes can impact your career. So here she is in this common you know, love of people, loving, you know, working in fashion, all that. And the market changes. So guess what? Your career has to change. But again, you, the essence of you does not have to change. You just have to find another environment where you can best serve yourself. So listen to her talking about that environment. Then I guess to circle back everything to what to your point was, you know, I did the art education and I did the boutique work and now I'm in finance and I think with the, and I waited tables. Um, but I think the underlying thing there is I just I'm interacting with people and I'm getting to know them. And so while I'm while this whole time I was trying to figure out what my career is, the underlying passion has always been there. And it's working with people, hearing their stories, helping them and just bringing a smile to their face. That's that's what that's what makes me happy. I'm definitely that person to walk the old lady across the street or uh, somebody drops something, pick it up, or if somebody loses their wallet, I won't hand it over to the store because I don't trust that they'll give them all their cash back. I will seek them out and make sure they get every single penny in that wallet because I know I can only trust myself to know that they're going to get back. So listen in there and how she identifies a passion of being, you know, helping people and serving people. So I think so much of the Oh, find your passion, blah, blah, blah. And you're thinking, oh, I've got to go find my passion. Like I love gardening or I love, you know, whatever, reading books or (laughs) I love sports. Your passion could be people. And if you are have a passion for people, just, you know, own it. That's awesome. And those of you with those skills, not everyone has that. And I think if you have it, you, you just assume everyone has it. It's not true at all. And you can really make a tremendous impact as someone who, like she's saying, is the person who's going to walk the lady across the street and is the person who's going to return the wallet. Just keep keep being true to yourself and find these areas of life where you can excel and where people can recognize your your talents. So from that, how does she get identified as that person? Obviously, she was working in that boutique and so was identified there. But she had a a fortunate event in meeting this what I called kind of the guru woman who her father had introduced her to. And this woman sat down with her for a little lunch. So listen to Sarah talking about this meeting. And she says to me, why don't you email me your resume after this? And I'm so naive because I just had such a good time talking to her. 
I'm thinking she's going to like beef up my resume, make it look better. Totally. (laughs) Absolutely. I think she's going to take like, okay, we're going to, we're going to market your resume. So we're going to take like art history and we're going to say that you're like a, I don't even know, like an art specialist viewer and you really know how to do something. So they can be more concrete. I would think the same thing completely. That's exactly what I'm thinking. But, um, no, she gave my resume. To the president of the bank or the board of directors or something, right? Yeah, she gave my, she gave my, uh, she gave my resume to the regional manager who oversaw all the branch, Pittsburgh bank branches. And, uh, he called me in the next day and said, want to interview for his job? I said, I don't know anything about banking. He said, I can, I can teach you banking, but I can't teach your customer skill services. I can't touch I can't teach that you're a people person. And there it is. And that's a regional manager. And if you can find these people, they would say that about everyone. It's it's so true. So listen to her just, you know, putting a real exclamation point on that. If you're like me and you're a people person, any job, they can teach you that. They taught me the banking. If you want to sell anything, really, it's 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 about being a people person and talking to people and and getting out there or, or whatever the job is, you can learn what the job is specifically. It's just but those skills you can't teach. You can't make somebody talk to somebody. And, and that's a little joke I always say, like, self-awareness is so huge. I can't stand when people are in customer service jobs and they hate people. It's like, why are you here? So I'm sure we can all relate to that. Absolutely. So I, I had a chance to ask Sarah because she's had such a great career in banking as a people person. Again, she's not, a, you know, she doesn't come from finance background. She was able to learn all that. And you can learn these things if you are a people person, if that's really where your passions lie. So what would she maybe tweak a little bit or what would it look like, you know, in hindsight for her? Here's her answer to that. I wish I knew what I wanted to be when I was a kid, where I could have went to college for that, got a job right out of college for that paid internship, (laughs) Uh, and then just built my career straight out of college and then like hit the ground running. And I'm kind of laughing because I think we all we all would love that. If if you're in school right now, I'm sure you're thinking that same thing. Like I've talked to plenty of people who are in college who are you know switching and you know trying to like muscle through their chemistry classes, thinking like why am I doing this? So that's always the big you know why. So then it's like, well, if you don't know exactly what you would do, what would what would you do? Like, would you stay in college? Would you defer college? Would you just get a job? I mean, what what do you even do and what's what's her experience and what's her advice on that so listen to her talking about that now I feel like you kind of need a set skill you need to not only go to business school but you need to have a specific thing within business school that you're going to that sets you apart from the rest so it's really changed so I guess my thing is I guess yeah if you don't know what the expenses of school my advice would be Get out of high school, travel. I think travel is very important. Go do things while you have no responsibilities yet. Get out there, see the world, travel, come back. If you still don't know what you want to do, then get a job. Get a job doing whatever. I mean, seriously, whatever. Get a job and start seeing how it works when you're providing for yourself, seeing how 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 you provide yourself what do you need to do what do you want for yourself 
And what are your passions starting to be that you want to get a job? And then once you figure that out, then go to school for that and go to school for that specifically and set yourself apart from the rest of the masses who are also going to school. If you don't need to go to school, if you can't afford to go to school, then figure out what you need to do as in going to, like I went to that boutique, get yourself that paid education. Such great advice. So again, this is Career Goals with Chris Calvert, and that has been your fast track on private banking with Sarah Miller. Be sure to click on the full episode to hear the entire interview. Thanks for listening, and we will see you next time. It's a girl.